0: In the manger of my heart The Lord a wave offered as we sing it again.
1: tower Amen. let's pray lord first of all i just want you to know i love you and i'm so sorry for the failings in my life father how i long for that day when this old mortal will put on immortality there'll be no negative thoughts no negative actions it'll all be yay and amen according to your word father i pray that you have blessed the people that gather this evening bless those that are streaming lord you always have a purpose you always have a an objective for each and every one of us father you're not like we are father there's not a shadow of turning i praise you this evening lord i thank you for this opportunity to gather with you Children, Father, I pray you bless each one. And as we gather the tithes and offerings, Father, bless the cheerful giver, Lord. Most of all, Father, magnify the gift, Father, the ministering of your word, that it would touch each and every heart and may we leave closer than when we came in. I praise you, Father. I love you and I thank you in Jesus Christ's name, amen.
0: make here B flat please <clears throat> You are not a god created by human hands you are not a god just the way you are god not a god
2: I just want to sing this like a prayer tonight. Savior Lord there is none like you Oh all of my days I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love your are my Yeah.
0: it this evening. Amen. I had a lot of worship songs in my heart, so I hope y'all are able to just enter into the worship. Amen. Let's just start with Here I Am to Worship. Here I am to worship Here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my I give myself away. Won't you stand with me? We sing, I give myself away. Amen. Here I am, and here I stand, Lord, my life is in your give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. See, I give myself away.
3: him, amen, amen, I certainly do appreciate him, appreciate all of you being out here tonight, we're going to invite you right to the book of Acts chapter 2, greet you in the name of the Lord, I want to, by the help of the Lord, um, take a um, a scripture, or rather a text tonight, it's a little lengthy, but uh, I want to take a thought on living between Acts 2 And 2 Timothy 4, the path to redemption. Amen. So the Lord being our helper tonight, we will start in Acts chapter 2. Now, of course, this is uh, Peter's indictment message. And as I pointed out to you many times before, Peter was not preaching to drunkards and whoremongers. He was preaching to devout Jews who were there for church. They came in from all, all points of the world to worship because they were there for the feast. And so they were devout Jews. So when he, you know, remember that when, it, when it's all about repentance, what Peter's point is, accept the word. Accept it. Repent of your old thinking. Come to the word. See? That, now, this is exactly, if you think about that, you'll find Brother Branham saying, drinking, smoking, adultery that's not sin that's not sin that's just merely the byproducts of sin that's the attributes of unbelief. you do those things because you've not been converted you're not a believer see and so but but sin is unbelief and that was what they were guilty of they, they were devout men they didn't drink and smoke and run around. But they were guilty of sin because when the word came in flesh, they didn't recognize it and they crucified it. And so they said, what must we do now that we've done this? And Peter said, you've got to repent. See, so the whole aspect of, because the promise is unto you, right? But the, but the requirement for that is to say amen to every word of God. That's got to be first. And that's got to start with an admission that you've been wrong. Amen? And, and that's the real spirit on the bride today, Brother Branham said, is the, is the, is the spirit to say I'm, I'm wrong. Only he's right. Amen? All right. So let's read Acts chapter 2 and um, let, we're just going to catch from verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. He had just told them, you killed the, you killed the son of God. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their where? In their heart. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So, forever, the path to the new birth comes by saying amen to the word of God. Amen. That's the pathway. Amen. All right. And that's going to be for all generations. All right. Then says, and with, all right, and, uh, and verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, didn't say everybody did it, but the ones that received his word gladly were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, I love this next verse. And they, now here's an evidence that the new birth took place. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So it was obvious that going forward, they lived a different kind of a life. Amen. Amen. And that which they had formerly called heresy, they now fellowshiped with and broke the communion and and met at the communion table. Amen. And that is the path to believers of all ages. 2 Timothy Chapter Four. Now, this is this is in fact um, the the reason I'm. You're going to understand that when I read Second Timothy four, and we're gonna uh, we'll just catch. We'll start at verse one, right before the book of Hebrews. You'll run right at, right over to Second Timothy, and you're you're going to find now an agreement worded a different way. You're going to find an agreement with what I just taught you about Acts 2, only worded in a different way. All right? Verse 1. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So those go together. Amen? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, reprove. Rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Now, what do you prophesy about the day you're living in right now in real time? All right? For the time will come, that's now, when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, where was, where was what were they, what had he said just before this word doctrine? Preach the word. So it's not just about resisting doctrine, it's about resisting the word. All right? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You remember that I said to you that when you are not born again of the Spirit of God, you will hunt around until you find the version of the gospel that you want to be true. Not maybe the version that is true, but the one you wish was true. See, and there's plenty of it out there. There's... 30, north of 33,000 versions of the gospel. Can you believe that? That's the truth. And they shall turn away, verse 4, and they are, let's read verse 3 again. Sorry, Eith. for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, see, the one they want to be true, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Can you believe somebody would do that? It's hard for us to believe as believers anybody would be that crazy. But this is exactly what the prophecy was for the end time. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And how? My. Verse five. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I love this. I have fought a good fight. I, Paul is saying, I have finished my course. Now, can you say amen? Amen. Why? He's talking about himself, not you. Why are you saying amen? Unless you're included too. Amen?
4: Amen? See, it's
3: great for Paul. What about me? Brother Branham talks about Jesus said he rose from the grave. That was great for him. But what does that have to do with me? Unless I am enjoined to him. See, then it's just Easter's Easter. just another day on the calendar where we dress up. All right. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul, can you throw me a bone? I will. Stand by. Henceforth. There is laid up for me, come on, Paul, help me, a crown of righteousness, wonderful, what about me? Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me, come on, Paul, help me, at that day, yeah, I'm at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So your path to redemption is through the love of his appearing. So it's Acts 2, said a different way. You've said amen to the word because why? The word has become your love. And now when he appears in this last day in the form of his word, you're in love with that. See, so you're living between Acts 2 and 2 Corinthians 4. Now it's broader than that. I'm just using that for a title tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing I already feel. I pray your blessing be upon the remainder of the service. Blessed speaker and hearer, we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless
4: you. You can be seated.
3: When we look at the realities of the word of God and try to give me your focus pretty quickly here because I'm, I want to I go right through it and I don't want to go slow. Uh, we want to have time for prayer. I got a number, pretty good list for prayer requests tonight, and we hope maybe somebody have a testimony or two. So when we look at the realities that the word brings to us in this day, you know, the, the scripture is is not short, as we have said many times, that the Lord did not leave us short when it came to what we would need to face the enemy in this hour. We've not been left short-handed. Our ammunition supply isn't low. Our weapons are 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 they are they are they are for the day that you live in. That God has sent a cutting edge weapon. As I've said to you before, I don't have any power. I can't give you the new birth. But I do have a weapon. I don't have any power to heal you, but I do have a weapon. I don't have power to drive the enemy from you, but I do have a weapon. And it has all kinds of power, and, 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 and part of its power is revealing to you the position you hold, which is a position of authority. Yeah. So now it's not about power at all, it's about authority. And it's about recognizing who you are and the very day and hour that we live in. And that's so important. Speaking to a brother uh, just before service, how that... That this is the day we already read Paul's prophecy about the day that would come, and where we're in it, where they would um, they would turn aside to fables. They would go for twenty centuries, and the Christian Church would stand for certain principles that were for twenty centuries immovable, unbendable, no compromise. And now today they compromise on almost every last one of them. And you know it's it's amazing that that you that you can find uh, this going on in the day and hour that we live in. And so we realized that the hour would come at the end time where mankind would lose his ability to discern between right and wrong. Now, that's where we were Sunday. We were showing you from Ezekiel how that there were there was a priesthood that worked the outer court and the inner court, and they could tell you. They could be at the at the brazen altar. They could be at the at the washing. They could be at the at the seven lampstands. They could be at the table of shoe bread. Not saying they didn't have the gospel. Yeah, I'm not saying Billy Graham didn't have the gospel. He could tell me about Jesus. He could tell me God so loved the world. He could tell me Christ died to save sinners. <coughs> you understand? There's all kinds of priesthood that have definite callings on their life to do exactly that, to tell me some of those things. But then there there was... There was, a, there was a family, not, not really a, a tribe, but an exact family. And unto that one family was committed the discernment upon that family was the discernment to discern between right and wrong. And if there was ever a day that we needed God to send a messenger with a discernment that could tell me more than just about Jesus loved me and died to save sinners, I need that. I've got to have that. I've got to accept that. But I'm in a day where they're all calling wrong right. And I had to have a voice that could say, this is right and this is wrong. And it'll be that way in the 1960s. And it'll be that way in the 21st century. And what's right will be right until the day you leave. And what's wrong will still be wrong until the day the saints resurrect. And we are changed. So this is the beauty of uh, that God has not left us, as I said, under-equipped. And we find then that, that the Bible prophesies that the people at that hour, the people where the, the family of God, and this has never been true until now, just like, just like Satan's Eden has never been true until now. Brother Brennan proved that from Paul's writings. That, that this is the, he's the God of this evil age. That had never been true until after the seals were opened, yeah. see. And it couldn't have been, it couldn't actually, not only couldn't have been, it couldn't be because they first, they, they first had to crucify the word. And they, they couldn't crucify Jesus before they had him. Right. Amen. And there's no way in this day to crucify the word until they had it. And then when they crucified the word, then an indictment could come and then God could call a bride out of a church, under an Elijah anointing and you would be the final voice to the final age. Is that easy? And we would be that group who at at this particular special last day, the end of the end time, that the people in that day who know their God, now it's not a head knowledge, you understand, we're talking about to know, like, like a husband knows his wife, like Adam knew his wife Eve. That kind of relationship, that kind of intimacy, the people who in that day, when nobody could tell right from wrong, in that day when they turn the itching ears, they get preachers with itching ears, in that day when they turn from truth unto fables, Amen. in that day, they won't have a, a tolerance for the word and if you try to give them the word, then they cancel you. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Amen. See? Amen.
3: And so that, that's, the, that's the prevailing attitude. And it's at that day that whoever is alive at that day, the people within that last part of humanity who know their God will do great exploits. Now, friends, if the Bible takes the time to point that out, It's not like exploits hadn't been done all through the Bible. So if the Bible is pointing out a book full of exploits, that the people of that day will do great exploits, I would say it had to be something pretty special. And that's where you need to be tonight for your strength. You need to recognize, I have arrived at that day. I am that person. And God is looking to me to do a great exploit. Say, what what will I do? Why don't we leave that up to him? How about we do this? How about we know him in the power of his resurrection? We're not chasing works. We're not chasing signs. We're not chasing sensations. We're chasing consecration. And you don't really chase that. You surrender your way to it. You pursue it in that that regard. You pursue by humility, by surrender. You know, Paul said, press toward. And that word press in the Greek means to stretch, to strain. And a lot of times, you know, listen, you know as well as me, I'm not going to tell you anything new with this sentence coming. You know as well as me, Laodicea has a way of making you not need to strain. Everything just easy. And it's, that's, by, that's by design of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But you see, to get something worth something, there needs to be a price. There needs to be a struggle. There needs to be a press. Because that's the kind of people, that's what builds character. And God is building not a kingdom full of intellectuals. He's building a kingdom full of character. And people who are willing to take the way with the Lord's despised few. They're not only a few, but they're despised. See, that's, that was uh, Elijah's word to Elisha. You know, hell, you know let, me, let me go and, and tell my mother, and my father, he says, you know, what, what have I to do with thee? He just cast his mantle on him. And I'd say, what have I to do with thee? You know, and, 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 and you know, what, if, you, if you go back and don't have time for the lesson tonight, but when you go back and break down the Hebrew, what, what Elijah is saying to Elisha is, listen, Elisha, th- think this through. I'm not a popular man. The, the king hates me. The queen's trying to kill me. All the churches have forsaken me. I live in a desert. My life is hard. You, you, you've got your hand to a plow. I see you've got your hand to a plow. Let me give you a principle that's going to become true and, and, and some hundreds of years when Jesus says it, but it's still already true right now. You've got your hand on a plow and you can put it on and take it off. But the plow that I'm talking about, once you put your hand to that plow, you don't take it off, Elisha. You don't take your hand off of this plow. The one, that plow's fine, not the one I'm talking about. See. And so, you know, th- this thing isn't for sissies. This thing is for Character. This is for people with courage. This is for people who are willing to do what it takes to have the spiritual recognition that they need, the spiritual sensitivity that we need. You're only gonna, you're not going to get that, listen, friends, by intellectualism or by emotionalism. You're going to get that by a personal one-on-one, close, constant, often relationship and contact with the Holy Spirit. And the only way that that's going to be possible is you're going to have to get rid of some stuff out of your life that Satan uses to bog you down, take all your time, frustrate you, tire you, wear you out, irritate you, entertain you. You've been entertained so much, the Lord can't even entertain you anymore because you're so bored with entertainment. You've spent so much time talking on social media, you don't feel like talking to the Lord. And we're getting close to home tonight. But it takes a people who are willing to recognize the day and hour that they live in and say, I'm not gonna be the dumb driven cattle that go into the tribulation. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna be these people that do great exploits. I'm gonna be these people who recognize his appearing and love it and my life is gonna prove where my love is. So we have all of these realities and the clarity of the word. You know, the clarity of the word that we have today gives us, uh, gives us the ability to discern between right and wrong. Brother Luther, if you could fetch the water, please. <clears throat> gives us the ability to to discern between right and wrong. And, and that's an important point because the word that God has sent you, Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really lay, slather the old Southern word. We were talking about that the other night. I'm going to slather this one on thick because this is a big, big point. And I didn't even realize how big it was till I said it out loud to myself today on the, when I was having commentary on uh, Brother Jack's morning Bible study lesson and, and I was called on for commentary and I made this statement I said, wow, that's amazing and then the more I said it, the more I realized it. But when you think about what God has given us in this in this day, he has given you in the word that He brought, I'm going to add some value, I promise when I get done saying this, you're going to have more value in the word of God that God has given us in this day. What it has done is it has given us the ability to discern, Between the spirit of Christ and the spirit of Antichrist in the modern day. You say, oh, yeah, that's kind of, we kind of known that for a long time. But I I wonder if you've really thought about how epic that is, because think about how impacting to humanity, to let me let me use a, 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 a more gripping phrase, to human civilization. Think about how impacting this principle is to human civilization. That is, given that the entire population of humanity will be annihilated following, uh, the, uh, in the tribulation following the Antichrist unaware. I'm going to say that again. The entire population, the global population of humankind is going, the entire population, seven and a half billion, are going to follow the Antichrist into destruction unaware, save only the small bride that's taken out before the tribulation and the small remnant of the woman's seed, the unwise virgin, and a small remnant of elected Jews, only 144,000 of them, and save those three little tiny groups. Other than that, the end and those second two actually have to go into the tribulation and get martyred. So now, how much weight are you willing to put in your heart and mind and take ownership of, of how much that God has given you the ability to discern between Christ and antichrist. The, the difference is the entire extinction of the human race versus not. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Can you think of anything greater? I just want you to think for a minute and I'll give you a minute. I won't give you a minute, but I'll give you a second or two. <laughs> Can you think of anything greater Of greater importance then, given what I've just said, can you think of anything at all? Strain your brain to think of anything, given what I've just said to you, that we're talking about the difference between the global extinction of the human race and only a sliver escape it. And the difference was, some were given the discernment by the word to follow Christ, and the others rejected it and followed the Antichrist. And can you think of anything of greater importance than the ability to discern between those two spirits? Get it right, you go into rapture. Get it wrong, you go into tribulation. You get annihilated, and then you're bound over for 1,000 years in hell waiting for your trial. I would say the odds are massive, the stakes are massive. You see, this is exactly how we know, if you think about this, this is really how we know that the word that we've received today is part of the eternal mysteries of God because we still find guidance, even in the 21st century, of, of doctrine that was laid down in the 1960s. And the and the world is nothing like it was then. Now it's, it's exponentially many, many hundreds of times worse. We've gone to unimaginable perversion. Amen. Even when we knew back in the 70s and 80s, turn of the century, and we knew Sodom was coming, we knew it was all, we knew when none of us ever imagined the, the kind of woke, cancel culture uh, 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 of perversion and filth and it is so unbelievably filthy you actually uh, are, are taught to stay away from it you don't even have an appreciation but but I'm here to tell you sometimes in the activities that I have to be involved with I get around people and hear conversations and I am like I cannot believe the depravity that is standing around me in civilized people I say thank God for a word that restored a discernment that I could discern between Christ and Antichrist. Because I can, I won't die. Now what are you gonna put above that? Because I have accepted the word, I can never die. Hallelujah, what's more valuable, pray tell, than that? If I stood here till midnight, I promise no one in here could think of something more vital.
4: Amen. Amen. See?
3: And I know it's the mysteries of God because a word that was given 50, 60 years ago is still guiding me in unimaginable darkness yes. Amen. without any revision. <laughs> God didn't have to send a prophet back he don't have to send a prophet back to fix anything God sent us a message and with no revisions the last update was 1965 and every word is viable today to make me an overcomer and have eternal life oh we ought to rejoice in the plan of God for this hour do you realize who you are and what God has expended for you See? And even though it came and finished coming to us in 1965, it's still a Roman candle that has been unfolding. Amen. Amen. Not, in a, not in a continuation of, of the message, but in a continual manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're unfolding every day into the Word. You say... How do you know that? Because the world's going backwards and you're not. The fact that you're still going forward, you say, I don't think I'm making a lot of forward progress, that you're not going backwards is more amazing than you realize. And that's why I've said to you so many times, God is doing more in you, for you, to you, and through you than you are even aware of. You are to wake up every day and say, rejoice, say, Lord God, I love you today. You're going to do more than I can even think to ask you to do. It's still imparting eternal life. In this message, that is decades uh, since its last update, it is still imparting eternal life-changing experience. How many believe it will carry us on to the coming of the Lord? See, nothing else will, nothing else can. Only his original seed word is capable of that, see. So, you know, I, 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 I want to just drop that on you tonight. I could almost close and go home, and I think you, you'll leave here today with a greater appreciation for what you're involved in, for what God has done for you in this hour, see, so our existence, we find that our very existence is in the word. I mean, that's why we ascend to the throne. Amen. You will ascend to the throne. That's right. Say, I'm not good enough. I ain't got nothing to do with it. That's You're right. part of the word. How do, I, how do you know? Because you've loved disappearing. appearing. Amen. I, I do? Yeah. You, 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 didn't, you didn't just repent of sins. You repented of your whole self. That's right. That's right. You didn't want to be you anymore at all. You wanted to be him. When, when, when he came in, I can't imagine somebody seeing Jesus in all of his glory and still wanting to be themselves. But yet the overwhelming majority, 99.999% of earth's humanity choose that because so sadly they have rejected the light of their hour. And here you said a little group of nobodies and you've got eternal life and you're not going in the tribulation. And God is moving among us. I want you to have faith that that's the hour, and have faith that you're that person, and, and put the devil in his place. You need to be cognizant of the authority that you wield—the the, the 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 energy of the Holy Spirit. It's a sword in your hand, and and the devil is terrified that you'll believe that tonight. I'm here to make sure you believe it tonight. We offer him no quarter. We rebuke him. He comes in, we cast him out. We don't ask. It's not a, it's not a truce or a treaty or an armistice. I, I don't need any of that stuff with him. I don't have to. I don't have to. He's in no position to, to make a deal. I have, all, I have all the authority. I don't have to compromise with him because why? I have committed my life to the Son of God and the Holy Spirit rules and reigns in my life. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen.
4: See. Amen.
3: So our, our very existence is in the word and that's why we ascend to the throne because the, the word is headed to the throne. That's why Brother Branham would say when he, he's standing there and he saw those sainted group of little girls come by marching to the step of the gospel. said she was smooth, clean. What a contrast she was to the whore that had went by before and the harlot daughters. They were so nasty a prophet had to turn his head. He couldn't even look at a vision from God. He had to turn his head in shame and embarrassment. That's how bad... You you realize, God, the the age is so nasty. God couldn't even clean up the vision enough that a prophet didn't have to turn his head. Amen? That's That's where we live, friends. Thank God we got a word. Thank God we got the presence of God among us. Thank God you... There was something inside you that loved his appearing.
4: Mm. See?
3: And so so we find out that, that he said, you know, here she come, smooth, clean, marching to the step of the gospel. And Brother Branham says these wonderful words, she was the word. Oh, friends, do you realize you're the word of God? Do you realize that's a direct statement from William Branham? She was the word. What's the result of me being the word? Instead of going down, she started going up. Hallelujah. Say, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go up. Don't worry, you're the word. The word is going up. Hallelujah. So we live between these realities. You know, we identify ourselves with Acts 2. Those devout Jews in Acts 2, as we as we started wading into, and I gotta go a little faster. Those devout Jews in Acts 2 are people who were, uh, they were more than merely convinced in their minds. They were pricked in their hearts. See? And And when they heard the word under divine interpretation, it had nothing to do with their minds, it pricked their hearts. They realized their mind had misled them. They realized their theology had misled them, and it pricked their heart. What, what pricked their heart when the Word was brought to them with divine interpretation? I'm here to tell you, when the, when we heard the Word made clear under divine interpretation in our day, something took place. Something took place. It was far more than my head. Something Something took place that really, that we could all look at each other and go, you know, it's sometimes it's difficult to express in words. You know, at, at, at least uh, you know, at, at least at least it's hard to someone who hasn't who hasn't heard that inner voice say "Amen." But when we get around one another and and we and, and I say, you know, there was something inside me that just started saying "Amen, Amen, Amen." Oh, I couldn't resist it. You know what we did? We did what they did. We followed the command of the word. When we heard the word delivered under divine interpretation, how do you know that you are just like the early church? Because all churches say that. How do you know that you are the early church? Because when I heard the word the same way they did, under divine interpretation, I followed the command of the word. We repented, friends, and we didn't repent just for our past sins. As I said a while ago, we repented of our whole life, including all all my previous misunderstandings about God and what it means to be a true Christian. Say, define true Christian, original Christian. Original one. Not the 33,000 derivatives that that has spanned 2,000 years. This word, once it came back to a divine interpretation, it's reproducing the original Christian. See? We took on his name in baptism and from there, what did we do? We did just what they did. We continue in the doctrine of the apostles and prophets. See? So So now that means it takes over our lives so it's not just about repenting of your past sins it's about following to re, all the way through regeneration and then, and then getting on the king's highway and you follow the teaching of the apostles and prophets and it molds your life and molds your life and it molds your life and it, life and it guides you and keeps you and you, you know you're going you're gonna to amen your way all the way into a body change get used to saying it because we're going to amen your way all the way to a body change. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to have my dad pop in my living room one of these mornings. And he's gonna, I'm going to say, Dad, you're here. And he's going to say, yeah, hang on. Yours is coming right quick. And I'm going to say, amen. <laughs> amen. And the next thing, I'm going to hear my voice get younger. And my shoulders get stronger. And I'm going to start jumping. Amen, amen, amen. I amen my way home. Hallelujah. See? So we identify ourselves with 2 Timothy 4. We we hear the love letter from the Lord. The love letter tells us that we have a crown to look forward to. The love letter tells us that we have not run in vain. Uh, You know, we know who we are and our position, and we have an inner witness uh, that that, that these things are not just true, but they're true of us. When I read what Paul is saying about him, I know it's just as true about me. Hallelujah. Oh my, say, well, you're not St. Paul. I was not ever supposed to be St. Paul. I'm supposed to be the Word. St. Paul's my brother, because he was part of the Word also, see? So it's never been about following a man. Following a man might get you part of his inheritance when he dies. It won't get you eternal life because no man can give you that. We're not following a man. We're following the body word of the Son of Man. See? We have this inner witness because, like Paul, we have loved his appearing in our day. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So I, I've had the experience
4: of Acts 2.
3: And the experience of Acts 2 is that I caught a revelation of the word of God and i said amen to it and i repented of all my sins and i took on the name of the word in baptism and i can and i followed in the teaching of the doctrine of the apostles and prophets amen. see there's no question say is it an experience you better believe it What will it do? It'll change everything about you. It won't leave any of you left. You say, well, I I still got my body and I still got imagination, memory, conscious reason. I got all these senses that are still falling. Sure, but I'm here to tell you something. The real you is inside of those things and the real you has already moved into the realms where God lives. I'm already sitting together in heavenly places. See? And... And so, so what? What is Acts two describing? 2 Corinthians four eight. Amen. They're saying the same thing. The people that 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 get a that get a crown in 2 Corinthians four eight, they get a crown of righteousness and a new body. They're the exact same people from, from 2 Corinthians four eight. They're the exact same people of Acts two. Say. Why did they get the same reward? Because they did the same thing. They loved his appearing. They believed his word. They followed the teachings. They changed their whole life. They repented of everything. See, it it didn't just affect their head. It pricked their hearts. See? You get that. So, So we see then that Brother Brandon would come in this message. This is exactly why it was so important to him. When he comes to Sirs, is this the time? Because he's looking at all this prophecy that's supposed to be. And he starts and he's now seeing, wow, a lot of the stuff that was supposed to be at the end time, we're here. We've got it. There's a lot of these mysteries that we already understand. And he, you know, he 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 goes into Dr. Schofield's notes by admission mission. It's funny how many people actually plagiarize and never tell, give any credit to anybody, and the man they want to accuse of plagiarism said all the time I study the works and quote other men. He said it constantly. So that argument is stupid. I'm sorry little children. Mom may not allow that word for you if you forgive Brother Jason. They're, they're, they're willfully ignorant. <laughs> it's a ridiculous argument. And so so he goes to Schofield, and he actually starts reading. Schofield has a, you can read it yourself. You can get a Schofield, if you've got a Schofield study Bible, go to Matthew 13, and you'll find uh, these listings. And he goes down through 11 notable mysteries. And Brother Branham just starts reading them the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 13, 3 to 50. Number two, the mystery of Israel blindness during this age, Romans eleven twenty five. 25, the mystery of the translation of the living saints at the end of this age, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4. Now, gladly, I, I, I'm happy to raise up my hand and go, yeah, but once the seals were open, a prophet understood 1 Thessalonians 4 like Schofield never understood. A shout and a voice of trumpet. They never, they never caught that the rapture is a cycle of three events and it's Christ doing all three while he's descending. I'm here to tell you something, friends. He's only got so far to descend and he's been descending. Your home going is soon. The mystery number four: the mystery of New Testament church as one body composed of Jews and Gentiles. Ephesians three, Romans sixteen, uh, Colossians four. The mystery of the church as the bride of Christ. Ephesians five. The mystery of of the of the in living of Christ living in inside us. Galatians two and first uh, Colossians one. The mystery of God, even Christ. That is that Christ as the incarnate fullness of the Godhead embodied in whom all the divine wisdom and man subsist. Now, they still seem as, as three persons, but at least they do understand, at least the, uh, they're, they're on their way to an understanding if they can just accept divine interpretation. For, uh, number eight, the mystery... Of the process by which God likeness is restored to man, First Timothy three, the mystery of iniquity. You remember the mystery of iniquity, Second Thessalonians two, the mystery of the seven stars, Revelation one twenty. See the mystery of Babylon in Revelation seventeen. So these great men within the, under that man age, they were anointed with brilliance. They their their minds were anointed. They're they're amazing. To go through the Bible. I, I read from their commentary constantly because now I've I've got the I've got the the, the hyperversion that I can take a lot of their hard work, plug it into the message, and amplify it to a whole new level. Amen. You see? Amen. And so so the, the the mystery of Babylon. So so we see, you know, the, the major corrections. And and Brother Branham comes down, he says, now that's some of the mysteries that this angel. Of Revelation 10:7, this angel is supposed to wind up all the mystery, all the mysteries of God. And so and so now Brother Branham is looking at Schofield's list, and he's saying, Goodness, y'all, we we understand all of these things even better than Dr. Scho- Dr. Schofield. Amen. Right? Yes. Because now we 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 we've got you know, the major corrections to the Godhead. You know, and Brother Branham, he goes on now. He says here, and he says, And, and the other, and may I say this with reverence, and not referring to myself, but referring to the angel of God. He's going to need an angel of God because he's not a scholar. Schofield was a scholar and didn't have half the understanding that a Kentuckian's going to get from an angel. Amen. See? Amen. And he says... That's some of the mysteries that this angel... So when he saw that, he thought, wow, we must really be at the end time. But he says to his audience now, he says that this angel is supposed to bring those things and the other. And may I say this with reverence, not referring to myself, but referring to the angel. There's other things that we have went further than they did. Like their true mystery of the Godhead. The true mystery of water baptism. The true mystery of the original sin and what happened. And brother Branham goes on the serpent seed that's been hidden a hidden mystery all through the years the grace straightened out not disgrace but real true grace because you had the argument between the Calvinists and the Armenians and, and Brother Branham says when the church gets too loose then I'm an Armenian but when they get you know if, 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 but when they get too legalist then I'm a Calvinist neither one of them were correct. But they had some part of them that was correct. And a prophet stood in the middle and was able to, sh- to discern between right and wrong and say, it's not disgrace, but there is a real grace. There is a real blood that atones for you. And God cannot see your mistakes and your sins and your failures. And you stand before God completely innocent as though you never done it in the first place. Say, that gives me a license to sin. It actually does just the opposite. It liberates you and frees you to believe every word of God and that a supernatural God is able to change your very nature and begin to build the principles of the word of God in your life. And you amen your way all the way every day. See? The grace straightened out. No such a thing as eternal burning hell. You'll burn for millions of years perhaps, but anything that was eternal had never a beginning or end. And hell was created. He goes on. The mystery of water baptism. The pillar of fire. I love that one. Amen. The pillar of fire returning back. That's the thing that's supposed to take place and we see it. Yes. And that's why a prophet is in this message. Is this the sign of the end, sirs? We see everything on Schofield's list plus listen to all this other stuff. Listen to all this other stuff we see. And now, as if that's not enough, now we've got the return of the pillar of fire. Is this the sign of the end? Are we really there? And he, he says, and the, here's another one, the sounding of a trumpet in the Bible, how that it means get ready for scripture of war. And he, he, he says this now, watch. Somebody... Has to, you know, here he's going to talk about the ages. So he says, and if you're going to reject a prophet, then here I'm going to read where you're going to have to live, okay? Somebody is going to come forth with a chart and draw it all out. Good, excellent. And somebody is going to come forth with another thing and draw it all out contrary to the other guy. So who are you going to believe, Schofield or Larkin? Maybe they're both wrong. Maybe Pink was right. Maybe he was wrong. Maybe they were all three wrong. Maybe, maybe this one was right. Well, maybe that one was right. You see? And they all had a right. They all had some right. You understand? Calvin had some right. Even though, even though, you know, they, they, they said to Brother Brown one time, said, you know, Calvin, he was a murderer. And he said, well, he said, look, Calvin was a murderer. He said, the problem with Calvin is he needed converting himself. Yes. Wasn't well, even born again. You know, he's preaching the gospel, yes. see. And Brother Brown isn't judging his eternal destination. Maybe he ended up getting it. The prophet has said, you know, when he murdered that guy, he needed a, he needed a conversion himself, see. And so, so, so we find that, so he says, you know, but God, but watch this now. Oh, no, no, I don't want to be. Let's make a deal. I don't want curtain number one, curtain number two, curtain number three. This is my eternal life. Are you kidding? I can't play a game show with my eternal life. And Brother Branham says, but God comes in the power of his resurrection. And who's going to speak against it? They might speak whatever they want, but it's not, it's not, it's invalid because God has proven by the presence of the pillar of fire what the word that will bring you eternal life has, has come upon us in this day. And there's no question, it's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does the same thing that He did yesterday, today, and forever. See, bringing forth a, a different ministry from all of those chart drawers, yes, amen. he brought forth a different ministry that didn't just keep taking people forward in argumentative understanding. He brought a word that took us back to the original he didn't even try to scrap it and let's build it back. He wasn't interested in reforming the church. He wasn't a reformer. The church was dead. It had kicked Christ out. And Elijah was sent not to reform the church, but to call you out of it. See? Because once the life came through the stalk and into the tassel, it was never going to go back in the, in the stalk again. Stalk died. Once it went out through the end of the ear, went through the shuck and came out to the grain, it was never going to go back through those cycles again. It was going on to harvest. See? And so, he, so, so we, we see the, this ability to bring a, a global brag from every nation uh, back to the original life. We see the seed gene of God. Is this the sign of the end, sirs? You know what my answer is. Yes. That that became clear when Brother Branham is preaching. Is this the sign of the end, sirs? The seals prove the answer. Yes. This is the sign of the end. The time of the delay. When he put one foot on the land and one on the sea and raised his hand and swore, the delay is over. I won't hold back anymore. I'm going to break the seals. I'm going to reveal the mighty God. Hallelujah. See? Amen. Time, that, those ages shall be no more. See? See? We see a c gene of God. This adjusted our understanding of predestination and election, because we realized it was all—it wasn't based on being fortunate or or unfortunate. It was based on origin. Amen. Once we understood c gene, then we understood it's all origin. See, it's not a, it's not a choosing like, like, like you would—you either got picked for the team or you didn't. Wasn't that? It's it's origin. I come from God. So naturally I'm gonna recognize God and naturally I'm gonna go back to God, you see. And listen friends, there's nothing that can stop or prevent that. You can't do it. The devil, there's not enough devils in hell. And hell has even enlarged itself. There's not enough of them. If they all teamed up on you and left all the rest of us alone and all of them teamed up on you, they could not stop God's election, which means they cannot stop your predestination. Hallelujah. See? So the Bible is one great book about Jesus Christ and his plan for redemption. And we realize by the unveiling of God that we are part of that. That we're actually a part of God's Godhead. We learn about the foolish virgin. We learn all these things that we didn't before know. There's a lot of things we didn't know. We didn't know it was a seed gene. We thought, as Brother Branham explained it many times, God just by his foreknowledge You know why Brother Adam taught it that way? Because he hadn't progressed yet to understand it's a gene of God. He doesn't even use that kind of language until the last four sermons of his life. We found out that, wow, we thought the only way to get into heaven is to be born again. Now that's true, but what we found out is, to our shock and happiness, is that the unwise virgin are not born again but they end, are granted eternal life. Yes, and we never knew that. We're like, wow, go figure. They, 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 you say, how in the world? Because they were righteous people. And they, and, they under, and they believed God for everything they knew. Remember that you can't disbelieve what you don't know. And, they're, and if they're not ordained, if they're not part of that origin tree of the election uh, to be in the bride, there's no way, Brother Branham says, it's not him that willeth or him that runneth. It's God that showeth mercy. He said, if my name was there, I'm sure to be there. If it wasn't, I won't be. That's all. William Branham. You understand, friends, that, do you understand that that the fact that you can sit here tonight and love his appearing, I'm not talking about understand all the doctrine, but you love his holiness, you love his life, you love his presence, you love his righteousness, you love his word, that, that you are to be the happiest people in all the world to know that. Say, but I make mistakes, they don't count. But I got failures, they don't count. There is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in the election. See? So we gained, we learned this about the seed gene. We learned this about the foolish virgin. We gained a greater understanding between the fundamentalist and, and the Azusa revivalist. We understand the difference. I think that it was brilliant of God to, for William Branham to cut his teeth on fundamentalism. He was ordained in the Baptist church. It's fundamentalist. And then he contacted the Azusa revivalists. We call them Pentecostals. It's a little bit of a misnomer, but we'll just use it because Brother Branham used it. So he meets the Pentecostal denominational movement by that time they're all he's a he's i'm one born out of season means he's late to the party time he gets there they're already fractured they did just what the welsh revival did in 1904 two years later it started fracturing and breaking apart and then it became denominations it jumped the channel it it jumped the the pond and landed in azusa on azusa street in california and started a revival and it, it didn't even take two years and it was already denominating and fracturing And Brother Branham said, "By goodness, by the time I got, I was just a young preacher. By the time I come down, he said, and sit in that first meeting, he said, I found they were just as broke up as we Baptists were. (laughs) See, but he could also see they had something the Baptists didn't have. But then he would, I I so appreciate Brother Branham's perspective because he he lived in both of those worlds, and he said, you know, he said, if I could just ever, he said, it's like a man, the fundamentalist is like a like a." You know, he's got, he's, he, he knows everything, but he don't have any funds in his account. He knows how to write a check, but he's broke. But the Pentecostal, he's got a bank account full. He don't know how to write a check. And he says, if I could ever get them two guys together, we could have something
4: here, see?
3: And so, and so, so, so we learned about a, a gene of God we, we, we learned about a foolish virgin who received eternal life. We learned, we gained further understanding of the balance between the fundamentalist and the Azusa revivalists regarding the new birth, the, the true original experience of Pentecost during the time of the first believers in Jerusalem. That's what we've been taken back to. We understand what really happened. They receive, say, why did did those apostles have this dynamic experience? Because they believed the word. They believed the word that entitled them to the Holy Ghost. Peter says to them, if you'll believe the word too and repent of all your sins, repent of all your unbelief, then you too can have it. And not only you, but your children and everybody, whoever can come by a divine revelation and catch a revelation of Jesus Christ personally, to them the Holy Ghost is given. That, that, that brings a new birth. The revelation, what is it? What is a new birth? Brother Branham said, it's nothing in the world but that gene, that seed coming to life. Amen. See? I got a quote here for that. He says, so he so he says here. So we we see that this it's a seed coming to life. He said, Oh, here it is. Sign of the end, is the sign of the insert. The mystery, the mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation. But the person of Christ forming in you the same works that he did. Do you realize that second part of that shows? And I don't know why people sometimes get stuck. On that that's he's only speaking about an initial new birth, and there is an initial experience. You have to be born again. Yes, amen. You better believe it. You can't bypass that. You're a gene of God, but you got to be born again. Yes. See that seed's got to come to life, and and so and it will. Brother Branham said, if if the light ever flashes over that seed, it will come to life as sure as anything. You can't keep it down. Amen. See, so so it's not him that willeth or him that runneth. It's not you chasing it. It's God showing mercy. And you realize you're a part of the word. Oh my. But I don't know why they limit it to an initial experience. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now this ain't Schofield. This is Brother Branham saying. This is what we've understood further than Schofield by that angel. And I don't know why they limited the Holy Ghost without sensation. that, That the whole argument is a ridiculous argument. They're arguing over nothing. They're arguing over what's the... What's the initial evidence? Well, it's not a sensation. Well, but you're gonna have a sensation. And the whole goes back and forth. It's it's not even, I don't know why they limit it. The, The quote doesn't limit it. The quote shows that it's the person of Christ performing in you the same works he did. So what it's showing, it's more than an initial moment of a new birth. It's a gene coming to life. And it's a whole lifetime of you moving forward by faith, not by sensation. Because when you fail, you have a sensation. I failed. You're depressed. You're faith. But you don't go by sensation. The Holy Ghost doesn't depend on your sensations. Say, like, oh, I feel on top of the world. It don't, do, it don't depend on that either. It, it, it depends on are you believing the word of God. Is your whole heart and your whole mind saying amen, 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 amen. See? So he says, who is this Melchizedek? And then... Here's what happens when you're born again. Then when you become subject to that spirit, it throws your whole being subject to that spirit. And that spirit, Holy Ghost, that spirit is nothing in the world but this seed word made manifest or quickened, hallelujah, made alive. And when the Bible said, don't do this, that body quickly turns to it. There is no question. Your whole nature is changed. There's no more desire of the world. See, say, well, I stumble. You might, but you'll repent. You know why? Because you can't live that way anymore. And what is it? What is he You say, are you sure? He's talking about the Holy Ghost. Here's his next line. And what is it? Now, remember the it is the seed word made manifest quickened. All right? What is it? It's the earnest of the resurrection. This body will be raised up again because it's already started. Say, can you miss the rapture? Impossible. I'm already on my way. I've already passed from death to life. So it's more than, than just a, a silly argument over some initial moment of the new birth. The new birth comes by saying amen to every word. Not your head, your heart. See? It's all the minds it's all the mind battles you face every day and Satan condemns us because we stumble and you struggle as I've been preaching from Sunday. I read to you how many men of God have their ups and downs. We we went to Paul we went, we went backwards to Elijah we went on back to David we went on back to Moses and Brother Branham said every last one of them and even Moses committed the worst sin that any man of God has ever committed. Right. Said that one time it throughout and broke the whole plan of God. Nobody had ever done that. See? And so we find out that we struggle with our ups and downs in our daily walk. But you know what? You keep chasing something. You know and 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 here here here's the here's the sad part. People who have loved his appearing and have walked with God and love it and they know they love it and their whole nature has changed and they make a stumble and the devil tells them oh you're done and now you're all defeated you're, you're, you're chasing sensations it's not even about that it's not. It's the Holy Ghost without regard can I say it that way it's the Holy Ghost new birth without regard to how I feel or what you think it's my love for the almighty word of God and it goes my entire life. That's why Brother Branham, in the second half of it, describes a life going forward, not just an initial event. Oh, See, the argument's in the wrong place. That's why they argue over it. Amen. See, Amen. and we struggle, and then you know, you, you then Satan gets you down, and then you know what you do? You start chasing something you already got. And the next thing you know, you're not sure, and you're back to the altar again. Do I got the Holy Ghost? Am I really Christian? Well, where's your heart? Listen to what, listen to what listen to what Brother Branham he 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 he's going to come down to here. It's a beautiful quote. He says in the masterpiece, he says on the interview a few moments ago, I was speaking to a person in the room that's present now. Now this was Sister Georgie Bruce. He tells about it in another place. A godly sister. Full of the Spirit of God. Had been a Christian for many years. She's sitting in Brother Branham's office before he goes out to preach. She says, but Brother Branham, I'm not sure if I'm born again. See, he says, on the interview a few moments ago, I was speaking to a person in the room that's present now. Said, but Brother Branham. Now, here Brother Branham is, a prophet, trying to tell her what I'm telling you. Yeah. See, look at look at your attitude toward the Word. Look at your whole heart. Look at your life. Look at what's changed. Here, here's her rebuttal. <laughs> say to you tonight, don't rebut the prophet, but Brother Branham, I have so many things, so many things that I know that's wrong, and he says, and a godly little woman, I said, but look, sister, everybody listening, you listening, here's Elijah, this is July 1964 in a sermon called The Masterpiece, you know what made him a masterpiece, a piece flew off, and he's the masterpiece. He wouldn't have been a masterpiece if there wasn't another piece. He's the masterpiece. And you're you're you came from him. <laughs> and I said, But look, sister, you don't look at yourself. It's the Holy Ghost without sensation. Stop, stop letting your emotions dictate to you whether or not you have been born again. Say, well, how do I know? When from your heart you can say amen to every word of God. And that means so be it unto me my whole life. I want the word. I want everything. I want, I want more of him, less of me, more of him, less of me until it's all of him and none of me. You'll have that on resurrection morning, but my advice is to you, pursue it. Now you want to press, press. Now you want to stretch, stretch for that. Hallelujah. See, that's why Brother Brandon, that, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, friends, Brother Branham says, see, you don't look at yourself because that, that's why Brother Branham would say, away with experience as your measuring line. He says that in the church ages, away with experience. We have gone by experience and not the word. Away with experience as your measuring line. There is only one plumb line, only one rod, and that is the Word of God. So away with experience. I don't care whether it's ups and downs, good or bad, happy or sad. It's not about sensations or experiences. It's about my faith and my acceptance and my whole heart in love with this His appearing in this hour. That's how I know that our crown is awaiting me like it's awaiting Paul because I, like Paul, have loved his appearing. Amen. Amen. See, Paul didn't say because I shook. Right. Amen. Paul didn't say because I had some sensation or experience. He said, I've loved his appearing. There's a crown but for I have loved his appearing. Thank you, Lord. See? And I said, but sister, look, sister, you don't look at yourself it's just what your desire is and what you try to do. And if you really love the Lord, now if you really love him and it's not just lip service and you're not just a church member warming a pew but if you, but if you, and if you really love the Lord, you try to serve him with all your heart and then, and then, Should I do a cliffhanger and make you wait till Sunday? No, you'll go home and read it. And then all your mistakes is hid in the blood of the Lord Jesus. See, see, he made a way. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, where do you live, friends? I live between Acts 2 and 2 Corinthians 4. I have repented of my sins. I've been baptized in his name. I've loved his appearing. I've received the word for my hour. My whole heart and life are changed and I'm trying to serve him and I'm striving and I'm not gonna worry about how I feel. It's not about sensations. I'm not gonna trust experiences. I'm gonna trust my heart that I know, that I know, that I know I love every word. And even in my ups and downs, I come back to it again and again and again because I can't get away from it. I don't want any other life. I only want his life. I have loved his appearing. How many love his appearing? How many want only his life? Let's stand, friends. Oh, I've loved his appearing. I don't want, see, when you really love him the right way, say, oh yeah. I love him, and if you really love him, if you really love the Lord, now let me say, if you really, really love the Lord,
4: then you love the commandments of his word because he is
3: his word. And if you really love the Lord... You might stumble, but your heart wants all of God's righteousness. And you don't care what the Word tells you to get rid of. You don't care what comes across the pulpit that tells you to clean up and get rid of it and sanctify your life and dedicate your heart. You love the Lord and you love the Word. No matter what the Word says, that is saying amen to every word. Saying amen to every word is not a head thing. Saying amen to every word is a desire to say, Lord, so be it. Brother Brown said amen means so be it. You're saying so be it unto me everything in your word. No matter what it is, no matter what it calls me to separate from, amen. No matter what it calls me to, to, to change, amen. No matter what it ca- tells me that, that I got to do this instead of that, then I'll do this. I'll say Amen. To, to your whole life. What you find, friends, is as you start growing spiritually, you find that amens come a lot easier. And no matter what the Lord says to you, it means so little, and he means so much, the, other, well, the world might look at that and go, are you crazy? You're going to throw away? You're going to throw that away? And you, you got your whole career and your life and everything's invested? That means nothing. Like Brother Branham said, when you get this kind of revelation, this world, this life means very little. Only, only, no, I'm not being killed. I'm okay. This life means, this life that we live means very little. The only thing that counts is home. Sister Debbie and I were talking about that sitting out. I stepped out of my office. Wonderful thing to get a text from your wife. Sitting in there studying all day. Get a text from the woman I love. Says, hey, beautiful day. You want to sit on the porch on the swing? That's a no-brainer. Beautiful woman, invite me to sit on a swing. Are you kidding? Yes. And we sit out there and we just start talking about the Lord. And I said, you know, sweetheart, you know, we are, when Brother Brandon made that statement that this life means very little, and he said, you know, he said, and the older you get, the the more that becomes real. And I said, you know, we're already two years older than he was when he said that. He passed away at 57 years old. We're already more than two years older than he was when he said it, and in a world much worse. I'm here to tell you, the older I get, the more that world means, the less this world means. Is that, is that, is that your heart tonight, friends? Wow, I hate to keep bringing these kind of weighted sermons on a Wednesday night, it just comes to me and i got to preach it. I've been hogging it so much like Crazy. But I'm having a good time. You love the word? Hey, run on up here and gather with me. Let's let's take these requests. I got a whole bunch of them. Brother Tony, sing us something while I get these requests up.
0: For a
3: country. Oh yes, sing it, my brother.
0: To. Never been
3: before. Amen. Come on up tight now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Step out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're, you're blocking sister mom. She wants to come closer. Come on, mom. Set the example. Come on, Rosie. There you go, honey. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I
0: Beautiful
3: land. Oh, lift it up,
0: friends. i love
3: longing for some day and
0: some day glory all
3: The Kenny writes, a friend of Anita and I is struggling with severe anxiety. Devil loves us. The... Demons are tormentors. Her ex-husband is trying to sue her, and her father is going into surgery right now. Her name is Christy, and her dad's name is Wayne. Please pray. I promised them we would. Brother Luther has a very special unspoken request and he's asking prayer for Sister Melissa writes, Brother Jason, I need another prayer cloth for a coworker. Amen, Sister Sister Melissa, you're going to be on the you're going to be a most wanted poster in in Hell's post office if you keep doing this. Amen, you're going to be on the most wanted criminal because you keep you keep breaking the kingdom down. I need another prayer cloth for a coworker. Uh, The cloth is for her husband. My coworker works out with Carrie Miner, who is aware. Many of us know Carrie, who is aware of the young boy. You know, we've had these miracles that have been taking place. Said she's aware of the young boy we have been praying about that I have been testifying about. Not the little one that we have given the other prayer cloth to, but the 14-year-old. She's amazed at what God has done for him. So let me get these up here so don't forget that. <clears throat> um, we want to also remember uh, the George Martin family. Brother George went home to be with the Lord uh, today and uh, well up in years and battling some various illnesses. But amen, he's, he's home safe. Amen. Home free. Praise the Lord. Our brother has graduated. Amen. I have a request also for my nephew, Brian. And um, Brian, as you may may remember, is my nephew that uh, is in the wheelchair. He's a paraplegic and had an accident as a teenager. And um, he had some kind of an injury that got infected in his leg. The last we heard, he's in the hospital. It's several times they started saying his leg is five times normal size, and they may have to amputate it. And so they're asking prayer <coughs> for uh, my nephew on sister Debbie's side of the family. Also, um, brother Samuel, St. John, and uh, sister Lisa, brother Gary and sister Lisa's son, and we all, most of us know brother Samuel, and the Lord uh, delivered him several years ago. Brother Matt, where you at, Matt? Uh, behind me, you remember you prayed, and he was he was hearing those voices, and the devil and he he his pathways were corrupted when he was a baby, had an episode, and so he he can 't fight against it like you and i can and and he was actually going crazy, very devout young man, very godly, wants nothing to do with the world. he must be eighteen or nineteen by now and uh, and and the devil talking to him, driving him nuts, and, and hearing voices almost you know, even even had suicidal thoughts. And Brother Matt actually prayed for him and God healed him on the spot instantly. And he was completely recovered and stayed that way for years. Sister Lisa informs me that the enemy's bringing that back on him again and uh, we're gonna pray it right off again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come, Sister Melissa. My ministers gather over here in the middle with me. Uh, step right there, sis. Let me have all my ministers right here. Put your hand right on top of that, sister. Amen. Let Brother Joe through there. Brother Matt, amen. Come ahead. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, slip on down here, son.
4: Now, this is the
3: husband of the coworker. All right. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Right. All right. We're going, we're going to send this out. All, all your brothers, put your hands here. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, having seen you already work, Lord, how could we doubt? With eagerness, Lord, we send forth this prayer cloth that it should defeat the enemy, Lord, on all points, that the Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified and magnified that Jesus lives and Jesus saves and Jesus heals, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that we are believe that we are that group who know their God and we will do great exploits. And, Lord, we ask that the enemy, Father, be rebuked by the Holy Ghost. And, Father, may you bring complete victory and may it be a witness to those who are under observation of it. We commit it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sister Melissa. Let's pray. Let's stay right here. Let's pray for Samuel. Uh, Take the hand of someone standing near you, and we're going to take up all of these requests. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, we stand for Brother Samuel, St. John. Lord, you've already delivered him of this, and that's just a devil tormenting him. Father, we ask that Satan take his hands off of God's property. We ask the Holy Spirit, who is the enforcer of God's word, that he would soundly rebuke the enemy. May he be humiliated, Lord, and go into dry places and leave tormenting your son. I pray for Samuel's complete deliverance right now, Father. For every demon of anxiety. We call for the complete deliverance, your pride, Lord God, in this world that is a plague upon even our even your family, and we call for freedom, oh God, in this hour right now. We're believing, Lord God, for the special request that brother Luther has. We're believing, oh God, that you'll comfort the family of brother George. We're believing, Lord God, these requests that you will meet them, Lord God. By the power, Lord, of your resurrection, meet these special unspoken requests and all the written requests that have been sent to us, Lord. We've read them and called them out before you. And we commit them now into your hands. Lord, may you grant it. Remember Brian, Father. I pray you rebuke that infection in his leg and may he be made completely whole in the name of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Turn around and shake hands. with somebody near you? Amen, sister sweetheart. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You love the Lord? Amen. Anybody got a testimony before we go? Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Matt, uh, Tony, we're gonna where's uh where's our oh here we go. I get it. All right, Matt, I think you should be firing a hole.
5: Um <clears throat> we on? All right, um, this is actually on behalf of my wife, Katie. Um, the other couple weeks ago, she, we were sitting on the couch, and she got up to go get some tea, and she tripped over the cat and face planted right into a cabinet, and the corner of the cabinet went into her eye and instantly went blind, and the eye just, just, she had a concussion, um, and uh, immediately I laid hands on her and we, we went to prayer, and um, as soon as I finished praying vision was restored in her eye and um i mean the whole time she was blind and then when we finished praying she could see again there's still a lot of pain um she was real concussed very very bad um, to the point where i was about to take her to the hospital because she couldn't keep her sentences together like she was slurring real bad um she was having like cognitive issues where she could not like she there was a carton of heavy cream on the table and she could read the word heavy cream and knew what it meant but she couldn't say it and that's not good. <laughs> I mean, that's at that point I was ready to take her to the hospital. And we kept praying. And she said it was like a, a someone flipped a switch, and all the any kind of cognitive effects completely cleared immediately. Glory. And And um, it was. I just want to thank the Lord because there was one one final detail to that that was kind of miraculous in, in its own right. Um, she was wearing her glasses when she hit the the table, and that particular pair of glasses had just been beat all to thunder and the the lens on the glasses the screw had been replaced several times because it kept on popping out and that that lens just wouldn't stay in the frames at all and when she hit that just full force onto that lens it stayed in the frame and it didn't come out i don't know how it's possible like you could just pop it out with your fingers (laughs) Um, and it folded her glasses basically in half but that that lens protected her eye Wow. or
3: it would have I, it would have tore I out praise
5: horrible.
3: the name of the Lord so I just want to thank the Lord today for that anybody else praise anybody, the Lord
5: anybody else oh brother Brad brother Matt you probably remembered last time you preached here on a Sunday morning you had a prayer line up here for a lot of people and I come in and the last several months I just I just realized today I was like man you know, I'll be having prayer for my lower like kidney stones or something. It's like every three weeks I'd have pain in my lower abdomen. So I come up for prayer, and the, all the brothers laid hands on me, and just realized today it's been two months wow. since I've had a pain. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I want to thank the Lord for that.
3: Amen. Amen. We got four minutes till nine. Anybody else? One more. We'll give one more. You got to use the mic, brother. That way the, That way the... The internet can hear you.
1: Um,
4: I just want to have a prayer for Becky. Okay, she's been hurting in her side, and I want to get a prayer cloth to take to yep. her too. So All I right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. All
3: right, mom. All right, let's let's pray over this prayer cloth, brothers. Come on, gather around again. This is for Becky, sister Becky. Okay. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We send forth this prayer cloth, Lord, with a specific mission <coughs> that, Lord, when it would lay upon and come in contact with our dear sister Becky, that every afflicting devil would have to flee by the power of the risen Christ. We take authority over it. Lord, your your family is entitled to help. Father, you purchased it at Calvary, and we will not surrender the rights of our sister to an enemy. We call for her complete healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, Brother Joe. All right, Sister Mom.
4: Oh, yeah?
3: All right. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I lay hands upon my mother. Father, I commit right now the Holy Spirit, that Lord, the supernatural power of God would surge through her. Lord, take away whatever, the inflammation or damage or whatever it might be, we condemn it we let let heaven record that at this moment as, as the duly authorized family of God we condemn the work of this evil spirit tormenting my mom and we ask that the Holy Spirit rebuke the devil we ask that he take his hands off of God's personal private property may she be well in Jesus name amen alright mom. amen praise the Lord all right, praise God. We're going to let you go. Oh, uh, got okay, another one? Okay, you got a minute and a half. <laughs> Wait, okay. Oh, wow, this boy, the devil's going to take a beating. Come on back again, brothers. Amen, praise the Lord. Sure, sister, we've had so many miracles, why would we not? You know, there you go, all right. Now, understand, we're going to believe for a miracle, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay hands upon this prayer cloth, Lord, that it's going for a specific need. Lord, the enemy, he's already, Lord, trying to figure out how to prevent this. He's, he's already beaten. He's already defeated. We call for his complete defeat. We call for all of his works to be overthrown. May the Holy Spirit overthrow all of his works and plans. And may there be deliverance, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the Holy Spirit travel now and bring this to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe it. Amen. Now, don't you doubt it a bit. Amen. Praise God. All right. We're going to believe it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. All you people that take these prayer cloths, don't you don't you even have any second notion in your mind that it won't happen. We've already called for it to happen. We've already seen it happening. We know by the Bible, is this the sign of the end, sir? Yes. Are we the sign of the end? Yes. The world is, the Gentiles receive no other revival but the one we're having right now. We are the sign of the end to the world. Amen. God bless you. Turn around and shake hands again. Give somebody a double blessing. We greet you in the name of the Lord and we're going to see you this weekend. God bless you. Sing for us, Brother Anthony. Amen.